Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, folks. Michael Heck is back after having left poor Matt Wolf behind as he made the trip out to the Washington Mardi Gras ball. Michael, welcome to the show. Oh, Newell, um, it is a physical and emotional relief <laughs> to have made it back. Well, how's four, How's day four of your detox going? It's, you know, I'm feeling better and better every day. I'm feeling stronger. But I also recognize that this is going to be a journey and that I'm going to be basically dealing with this the rest of my life. A lot of brain cells destroyed. <laughs> it's well. So when was the last? So when was the last time that you were at Washington Mardi Gras? About three years ago. <laughs> I'm probably still recovering. <laughs> it's it's an extraordinary event. It, it's kind of like it's kind of like a combination between a political convention, a debutante ball, a pilgrimage, and a fever dream. <laughs> All held in the basement of the hotel where Reagan was shot. I mean, it's it's very difficult to, but 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 it is without question the most efficient political event probably in the country. Um, the amount no of doubt. relationship capital that you can you know that you can create in, in a few days is unmatched, and um, you know I have to say that. It, to me, it kind of sums up all that is great and all that is tragic about Louisiana. I mean, the, the, there's a sense of affinity and getting along and, and of connection that other states, no way they could pull off. And at the same time, there is kind of a sense of, you know, while Rome is burning, you know, we're, we're parading, right? Um, but it is um, – and this, this one actually, you know, I'll have to say – was an unusually, for me anyway, it felt unusually productive and and optimistic actually. So it was this was a this was a, a good one. It, it, as, as they say in French, "il vaut la peine." It, it was worth the pain. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. I mean, you get to touch more people in a very short period of time there and get more conversations had without having to go through the formal process of setting up this or setting up that. But you do that as well. And you had a chance to testify before the U.S. Senate Banking Committee on the NFIP program. How did that go? This was a good one. Um, we've testified over the years in front of um, U.S. Uh, Senate Banking and House Finance on NFIP. And typically these hearings, and as we know from having done them and from frankly watching like Claudette Gay, these hearings are really not about learning information as much as a chance for the members 
to make their position clear. I mean, it's a bit of a it's it's a bit of a of a kabuki court. And mm-hmm. so coming into this, I expected that it would be the typical thing where some of the members, the one, it's really not a, a partisan issue. It's really a geographic issue. I expected the coastal members to be in support of flood insurance and the inland members to ask, why should we be subsidizing people foolish enough to live near water? And what was fascinating about this one is that it's the first time since I've been doing this that everybody, including the chairman, Sherrod Brown, who's a Democrat from Ohio, from Cleveland, basically said, we need flood insurance. Um, everybody is having disasters. The question is not whether we should have NFIP, but more how should we actually reform it to make it um, sustainable, to not create bad incentives, uh, and to make it actually work for working-class Americans. So the tone of this committee was quite different than in past years, and I, I thought it was pretty encouraging. Yeah, I mean, uh, it the reporting out of what was going on there it kind of reflected what you just said and i was i was a little bit surprised because of the same uh, the way that you articulated your concerns i think were spot on and it's always good but uh, and and it's really it really works a lot better and you hate to say it this way if they have recent disasters in all of these geographic regions that you uh, talked about it's amazing how the uh, level of support changes and moves, right? Yeah. No, it's no question. I mean, if you think back to 10 years ago, we were somewhat isolated, and we were certainly politically weak until Superstorm or Hurricane Sandy flooded the subways in Wall Street of New York City. And then suddenly Chuck Schumer was one of our best friends. I've actually got this great picture in my office of me testifying at, at this hearing that Senator Landrieu and Vitter had set up. And we've got Chuck Schumer in the back with his classic looking over his reading glasses, you know, pose. But they didn't give a, a, a hoot about us until, you know, they got hit. So, unfortunately, the fact that there's been so much weather volatility and, and not just uh, coastal flooding, but also riverine flooding has made, you know, one of the people that spoke in favor of this, for example, was John Tester uh, from Montana. Uh, you know, he's a Democrat from Montana. Um we had uh, I had a good conversation with Tim Scott, the ranking member from South Carolina, um, and so it, it was a much broader group. And some of the ideas that came out of this actual hearing were were interesting. One of the ones that I talked about with Senator Scott was that currently one percent of policies account for a full thirty percent of payouts. These are severe repetitive loss policies. Clearly, they are the problematic. Uh, policies. At the same time, the policyholders of NFIP are currently paying back $619 million a year of interest on debt to uh, to the Treasury, which really doesn't make sense. I mean, this is a government program, and then we're paying back interest on government money. It, it's kind of useless. And so what we're saying is, let's take that $600 million plus a year and begin to buy out those 1% of properties that are accounting for a and grossly disproportionate share of the costs. And if we do this, we can begin to clean up the balance sheet of NFIP and make it a more sustainable, smarter program. And that's something that everybody, Republican, Democrat, can get behind. And so I, I, um, I'm more encouraged that we'll actually get some real reform right now as opposed to just getting back to zero than I have been uh, in a while. That's great to hear. Um... I know, I think while you you guys were gone, uh, a number of the 
transition committee reports uh, were released by the Landry administration um, and uh, a lot of momentum being created. Yeah, there is a lot of, um, you know, when the New Orleans committee was formed, there was a lot of, I don't know if it was real, I think it might have been media generated kind of conspiracy theory about what's this about and is he targeting New Orleans and is he going to, quote, try to bend New Orleans to his will. And I think that what we've seen throughout this process by the people who are involved, including Boise Bollinger, who's very loyal to this place, you know, leading the committee, to the fact that the governor has already followed through on a number of the recommendations, like creating a state police force troop to help deploy or working with D.A. Williams. You know, I think it's been a very it was a very constructive process. And the ideas that came out of it uh, about increasing safety, helping with homelessness, getting money for sewer and water board, using the Super Bowl as a forcing function to help clean up the city, more money for mental health and early childhood and education. You know, these are not particularly political ideas, right? These are just practical things that the governor can do. And um, so, you know, I would say, Newell, so far so good. And when I talk to people across the aisle, they right now are um, enthusiastic and, I don't know, I guess I call it cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I mean, it, it's all about the, and you and I have talked about this before, the expectations created, right, and whether or not those are real um, and and whether, whether or not they're achievable. And I think we're kind of in that period right now, and I'm kind of curious what a lot of the expectations are and whether or not some of the takeaways from the committee reports are going to be able to meet the expectations that have been created in the public. Um, you know, uh, I'm very concerned about the crime expectation because a lot of what's being proposed right now is not going to improve response time. It's not going to improve the number of officers that show up at your door. But a lot of people believe that that's, in fact, the case. And yeah. Yeah. so it, it it's going to be interesting because we've had a lot of talking heads, even business owners said, you know, I was thinking about leaving. Now I'm not leaving. I'm staying because, you know, the governor is going to have more influence over law enforcement in the city of New Orleans. That's a pretty bold statement uh, because the governor has limited authority. And, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see. Um, and, and I understand that we're campaigning and poetry and now we have to govern in prose but um you know unfortunately there is that expectation that's out there and i don't know that we can afford another letdown right um no but i mean but the flip side of this noel is sorry to interrupt but you know the reality as you know politics and life but really politics is about timing right and mm -hmm. the reality is that we're, we're 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 in an improvement cycle in crime um it's national we're beating the national trends here. Um, you know, it seems that things are always an extreme in New Orleans. We do we do better than the national average and worse than the national average. Um, and so, you but know, let me just say this: just part of the it, right? part of the pro yeah yeah it does it, it may, but part of the issue is is that we understand that that's that's the what it's an outcome. We we don't know the why. Mm -mm. So why is it? Historically, we've had underreported crime in the city of New Orleans. And so, you know, what is the influence there? Is that still a uh, hangover from 
when crime was high, and, and does that uh, course correct itself? Um, as I pointed out to Greg Rusevich the other day, we have a jail now that's at capacity. Um, right. And, in fact, as we improve our clearance rates by arrest and, and, and acceptance rates by the DA, if everybody gets 10% more efficient, we have no jail to put anybody in. I mean, it, there's not going to be any beds. So if your whole thing is about selectively incapacitating the impact criminal, there's going to have to be another plan as to where we're going to house these people. Uh, mm-hmm. Because they're yeah, the ones that, you know, the impact criminals, the one that's in the business of crime, that's all they do. That's all they know what to do. And they're the ones that disrupt uh, the safe harbor of our communities each and every day. And uh, so it's going to be a, a much bigger uh, thing. But. Look, and I'm not trying to rain on that parade because I, I do believe that that 40 state troopers coming down is a positive thing. Um, Michael, let's pivot real quick because we got a lot to talk sure. about. Uh, new secretary for Louisiana uh, Economic Development, uh, somebody that you know is a past board chair of GNO Inc. Yeah, you know, to everybody else, she's Secretary Bourgeois, but to me, she's just Susan. You know, um, <laughs> no, Susan, Susan Bonnet Bourgeois was ju- just vacated the chairmanship of, of GNO Inc. And, and just to show you that being associated with GNO Inc. is not a career killer. <laughs> she is, she was, it's not a dead end gig. It's not, not yet launching that. Not yet. Right. We'll see. Um Man, I'm I'm thrilled that she's taken the secretary job. Basically, you know, Susan is one of the smartest, most politically and organizationally savvy people that I know. Um, she's not an economic developer per se by by background. She was in the Foster administration. She ran the North Shore Community Foundation uh, after Katrina for 17 years. Um, but I think what the governor wants to do, and I think he's actually right about this, is look at the structure of Louisiana economic development and understand if there might not be a better way to structure it. And let me explain what the other examples might be. So we've got a very traditional Louisiana economic development. The secretary is a cabinet member. And so the governor has a ton of control, but LED basically has to move at the speed of government in terms of appointments, in terms of salaries, in terms of getting things approved. And that creates slowness and and, and problems. Um, There's another model, like the model in Virginia, where it's basically a state entity like the convention center or or the port or the LSCD. And what that does is it gives the governor uh, control still because the governor effectively controls the board, but the entity does exist outside of government, which allows them to pay more for their hires. It creates more continuity so the secretary can transcend administrations. It generally creates more long-term capacity and stability. And that's important because Economic development is not an eight-year thing. It's at least a 10-year and really a 20-year-plus process. And the problem we have right now in Louisiana is every eight years, effectively, a new governor comes in and and restarts the economic development philosophy, and that's, that's, that's not effective. The final model at the other extreme is what Ohio has and Florida used to have, which is it's a totally separate 501c3. Ohio, in some way, I don't know how they did this, their economic development is paid for because they own the liquor franchise in Ohio. So when you buy a beer in Ohio, yeah. you're paying for workforce training. 
I have no idea how they did that. It's brilliant. It's like well, Alabama's like the, the rainbow same way. unicorn. They 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 own the distribute. They they are the wholesalers. The state. But but yeah, but does, does it? But does that? But does Alabama Economic Development get their funding from that directly? Well, I don't know like, who gets Ohio, the funding from it directly, but it's the same theory. I mean that they are the wholesaler of alcohol. Oh, Utah's no, I get that. The same no, I get way. that. Yeah, yeah, but but I'm saying like in Ohio, Jobs Ohio, the name of the organization, gets yeah. 300 million dollars a year of beer money. Like it's it's amazing. So yeah, I mean, when you think about priorities, I mean, obviously they recognize we got to get our priorities in order, and they did. <laughs> but how they get right? so smart? I don't understand that. I mean, they people at Ohio are smart enough, but like, I mean, they're what, well, it wasn't because of Ohio mascot? State University, that's for sure. But nonetheless, no. What's their what's their mascot? The corn nut? What is it? <laughs> I don't even I know what no it idea. is. It's like the apricot pit or something. It's a strange thing. Anyway, so so Susan, so Secretary Bourgeois is going to be working uh, with Committee 100 and some consultants to try to figure out how we restructure LED going forward. And and I, I and she's going to have our full support. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I I, I am too. Uh, and I, and I, and I I like the way that you laid that out because I think um, there are any number of models that can work or not work and you've talked to so many folks from here that have places in multiple states and you hear these other stories and you just you're envious of a, of the approach right yeah no I, I really am and at the end of the day what i figured out is that people are important but structure and culture matter more so i'm happy that we can you know perhaps potentially address structure here and culture all right we got to get to a break we're visiting with michael heck president and ceo of gno inc we'll be right back folks stay with us hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So so let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, folks. We're visiting with Michael Heck, president and CEO of GNO Inc. Michael, um, yesterday, big ribbon cutting for a new silicon battery materials uh, pilot plant in New Orleans East. This is a nice one uh, for a couple of reasons. One is that we have this uh, theme of Louisiana being a leader 
in an all-of-the-above energy strategy. And part of that is not making electric vehicles, but making batteries potentially for electric vehicles. And Advano is one of the companies that's trying to do that. So it's exciting to cut a ribbon on a homegrown company that's pushing forward this strategy of us uh, becoming the energy state of the future for the, the Gulf South, the country, and the world. It's also exciting because that's a part of New Orleans East that, despite being directly opposite NASA Mishu, uh, that the East and New Orleans has really struggled to get activated. So having a company in there that's got investors from all over the country I think potentially ends up being a spark for the business park. And so in terms of local development, it's also an exciting announcement. Absolutely. Michael, we have a special guest, Chris Kane, partner at Adams and Reese and incoming GNO Inc. board chair. I guess he is the board chair now, right? Is that correct? Yeah, he's he's come in. He's um he's and, it. He's the man. He's the man. He, um, he uh, spent a week babysitting you at, at the D.C. Mardi Gras ball, and he's here to report on that babysitting effort. He is. And I'm going I'm, 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 I'm to let Chris introduce himself because, because what, what, what can be said about Chris Kane that hasn't already been said behind his back? <laughs> well, fair, fair enough. I'm not sure who was babysitting. I want to say one thing. Chris is a great guy, my board chair, but also probably the most proficient economic development attorney in the whole state. There you go, Chris. There you go. Well, Chris. thank you, Michael. Well, thank you, Anul. Thanks for having me, and I'm I'm super excited about uh, this upcoming year and the role that I've I've taken on. You know, obviously, you, you get to talk to Michael very regularly here on the show and know all the amazing things that are going on. And look, we need that, in, you know, in our region, and we need we need the good news to to balance out. The, the bad and reality that we've got to work on. Um, and that's exactly what we, uh, you know, spent the last week up in Washington Mardi Gras doing. Um, as you know, it's, look, it, it certainly is a, a party environment, right? But it's an opportunity for everybody to come together and to talk about policy and initiatives and really to focus ourselves as we go into this next year on priorities. And um, I think from a GNO Inc. perspective, uh, Michael, having the opportunity for you to uh, to, to talk about flood insurance and to testify and um, the amazing job uh, the whole team really did to, to put our best foot forward. Um, we're ready to rock and roll. It, it, it didn't hurt that our, uh, our outgoing chair, which my shoes are very large to fill, um, was announced to be the secretary of LED, which obviously we're super excited about. Absolutely. Chris, let me ask you, uh, top of mind issue in D.C., there's always like one, two or three issues that everybody is talking about. I'm kind of curious where people fell out relative to homeowners insurance. Yeah, you know, th this is, um, a as you know, it's a major crisis and it's something that impacts every component of our economy, whether it be workforce development, keeping workers here. Um, I actually had the opportunity to sit on the governor's transition team um, with our, our new commissioner um, to try to address um, the, the homeowner's insurance crisis. Um, look, it is a top priority from local officials to, uh, to, to, to our federal partners. Um, the solutions are not easy, but they're doable. And I think that's the challenge that we have to understand, because if we don't start doing things now, and what I mean now, I mean this next legislative session, we have to start working on, on creating a new legal environment that's friendly and that looks recognizable to the insurance uh, community. Uh, you mentioned in the last hour, you know, we seem to do things in Louisiana that nobody else does. We have to stop doing that, right? And, and one of the priorities that came out of the 
um, the transition uh, team recommendation on insurance is exactly that. You know, not to bore the, the listeners with, you know, nuances of collateral source rule or direct action. All these little things add up, and we do them differently, and we're the only ones that do it the way we do it. So when that happens, you kind of have to start begging the question, why Why are we doing that? And how do we manage the, the various interests at the table and um, and improve it? So I feel like we're going to see some good legislative packages coming out. Um, there's other little things like fortified roofs um, that have worked in other states and here. Um, it's amazing, right? If you keep your roof on your house, it tends to get less wet and you have less damage. So those sorts of smart solutions um, or the talk of uh, uh, the number of those were a talk of Washington Mardi Gras and I think um, are going to be priorities coming up in the in the regular session uh, here later this spring. Chris, as we look at fortified roofs and things like that, there's a, a shortage of those that are, are uh, in a position to be, I forgot what they call them, I guess certifiers or whatever, you know, that you have to have some roofing specialists come out and certify the work in, in order to be able to avail yourself of um, the reductions in insurance premium. And I, I, I'm curious whether or not we're thinking about whether or not uh, the private markets are really going to get to this fast enough for us to really have an impact here and whether or not it would not be in the short term beneficial for either citizens or somebody to do it. To fund it, do it, you know, educate folks yeah. so that we can get and start the momentum uh, on this issue right now. No doubt about it. That's candidly one of the issues we, we struggled with in, in uh, talking through it in the transition team, right, was, um, number one, putting a burden on, on how these things get certified on the local governments creates a problem at the local level. We don't want to do that. That's going to create even more red tape and, and get to the result later. Um, so an interim solution is, as you, I think, stated it very well, is uh, got to be on the table. We have to have an ability to certify it, but you also have to have a labor force to be able to actually complete it. You have to have licensed um, contractors to be able to do the work. There's a multitude of steps that you have to get through in order for the, a program such as a, a affordable roof um, program to really make the big difference that we want. Now, look, the difference, too, you know, as, as a whole state, um, the, fort the, the fortified roof uh, issue is much more um, critical in South Louisiana than perhaps in, in North Louisiana, right? Um, but they still are having issues and, and, and premium um, concerns in North Louisiana, too. So you have to be able to figure out, uh, you know, how to differentiate the losses um, and where those certain targeted programs can really make a difference. We have our friends in Florida who have had some success doing it. There's other states and other programs that I'm confident the legislature is going to be looking at, as well as the commissioner, um, to try to, to, to get us moving quicker in the right direction. Yeah. Um, any other top of mind issue that folks were really spending a lot of time talking about up there? Well, you know, we, we benefited from um, a, a really large announcement on, uh, on the Monday leading into Washington, Washington Mardi Gras for the, uh, the Louisiana International Terminal, the, the large port terminal project, uh, which I believe you probably uh, reported on while we were there. But, I mean, receiving a 200 and I think it was $226 million infra grant, which is the largest economic development grant that Louisiana has ever received, Coupling that with a 73, almost 74 million dollar DOT grant that was that was announced at the end of last year, 
that's $300 million in federal grant money we have coming to the port of New Orleans. And um, you, you marry that with $800 million in committed private investment. And I don't know if there was anything more buzzy or, or exciting um, in terms of, of just really how that can and should transform our region from an economic development standpoint. So I think that was a really big win. Um, and, and there were others, but that, that one stood out to me. I agree. Um, any, in, to both of y'all, any discussion, uh, this most recent happenstance by the uh, Biden administration on LNG? Michael, you and I have talked about this extensively for like two years now. And, you know, yeah. we've got this huge plant in Plaquemines that is uh, near completion. You know, we had a, a bunch of exciting news coming out of the Calcasieu, Lake Charles area. And all of a sudden, a, a, a course shift. That was, I'll, I'll start, then I'll head over to Chris so we can try to, like, I don't know, <laughs> not, not totally say completely what's on our mind. That went down and watched in Mardi Gras like a bad oyster. You know, people were digesting it. They thought it tasted funny. And the more it sat with people, the more upset they got. Um, you know, it's very clear what's going on here. This is a gimme to the far-left environmentalists um, to push anything back till after November. It's cynical. It's transparent. And most frustratingly, it actually doesn't even serve the purpose because if people can't get natural gas in places like China, they're just going to burn coal. Um, so we're trying to figure out if there's any chance of, well, one, what the actual impact will be in terms of, of the pipeline of projects uh, in, in Plaquemines and Calcasieu coming online. It's not going to affect us in Plaquemines. And then, two, what, if anything, can be done about it in the face of the raw politics? Um, what else, Chris? No, I mean, you, you summed it up. Excellent. You know, the, the issue, it, it, this is, this is you know, shine a light on the LNG um, decision. But the issue that we deal with, I deal with the, my, my cap on at Adams and Reese doing an economic development work, is when you have these changes in course, the signal it sends to the private investment world is really, really bad. And so yeah. you, you tend to, you, you're disincentivizing um, the creation of jobs. Um, you know, if you want to create a policy, you want to create something that's pragmatic, let's do that and let's stick with it. So, you know, it, it, that's an, uh, adding to Michael's more direct answer. The, the, the concern I have is we, we see this all too often now where um, you have one group that, that pushes and pushes and, um, and and then we wind up with this policy change that really doesn't make much sense. And then it has a really bad effect that, that is going to have a tailwind to it. Right. Go ahead, Michael. I'm sorry, no, it's just 30 seconds. It's just when we were visiting Lloyd's in London, the head of research for Lloyd's Worldwide said to us, we're not afraid of hurricanes. You know, we insure all through the Caribbean. We're afraid of political instability and legal abuse. If you clean that up in Louisiana, you'll be much better off. Yeah, I mean, it's all about the capital markets, right? And we knew from the the moment in time that this was being whispered, I'm like, this is not good. <laughs> this this creates uncertainty, uneasiness, and you know, and, and and I think you put it well, Michael. It went down like a bad oyster, and you know, and and so they, there's a lot of things that people can invest their money in. They're not they don't typically choose uncertainty, right? Nope. Not at all. So we'll see. We're trying to figure out what, if anything, can be done with it, because clearly this was done for you know some very basic 
political reasons. And um, you know, this, this is not about what's right or what's rational. It's about what's political. So we're going to have to see how we can impact it. You know, but, but what's interesting, and I'm not trying to be more critical of the Biden administration, did they really believe that people weren't going to just like see right through this? Or do they just don't care? I mean, you know, it's like, you know, pretty much everyone has seen this for what it is, right? And it, it just it doesn't make a lot of sense uh, to me because they don't have the science well, on their side. No, no, no. It's a litmus test, not an intelligence test. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right to it and set and, and, and uh, sets me straight. Now I got it. <laughs> Michael Heck, as always, we'll be right back, folks. We're visiting with Chris Kane, partner at Adams and Reason Incoming, and the board chair, excuse me, of GNO Inc., and uh, Michael Heck, president and CEO. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back. We're visiting with Michael Heck, President and CEO of GNO Inc., and Chris Kane, partner at Adams and Reese, and the GNO Inc. board chair. Michael, I keep getting these texts, and and I'd like to just kind of put this to rest, uh, and and I'll make a real quick comment about it. And it reads as follows: That port proposal needs about three billion for rail and truck infrastructure, in addition to nearly two billion to construct a complex. Doesn't matter how much taxpayer dollars are designated. The Corps has not conducted a public meeting, has not finished its analysis and studies, nor has the applicant provided the required economic justification data. The port's application to the Corps is still in the early study phases. It's the wrong project in the wrong site selection. My only observation is that if you put it anywhere else further downriver, all of those costs go up, not down because you're further away from the infrastructure to tie into uh, in the first place, right? Yeah, I, I would, I'm going to take that question at face value uh, and encourage the listener to go to LouisianaTerminal.com where all of the analysis, all of the work that's been done on the location, all of the justification and the ways it's going to get financed are there. 
the money is being raised publicly and privately for the port itself. The road is most likely going to be a PPP, a toll road that's going to be free for residents and give a whole other route in and out of St. Bernard. This is something that's going to create jobs in St. Bernard, in New Orleans East, in the entire region. Uh, and the reality is that uh, if we don't do it and do it there, as you said, Newell, we're out of the container business, and that hurts the future for the entire state. But LouisianaTerminal.com has all the information. Yeah, and uh, and I encourage people to do so as well. Uh, you know, obviously a detractor uh, to this, but one thing I recognize is that when I started to look at the Plaquemines proposal, they're further away from uh, the rail that they need. They're further away uh, from getting to uh, adequate ingress and egress uh, into that facility. All of those costs go up. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's a it's question of distance, right? Michael, your yeah, thoughts? Right. I just, I, you know, I came out of Washington Mardi Gras exhausted but optimistic, and um, I think that there's just an enormous future for us going forward in the state, in the region, with the port, uh, with the $160 million grant that we just got led by LSU from the National Science Foundation, and with, you know, Chris Kane as board chair of GNO Inc. I mean, what could go wrong? <laughs> and, and, and Chris, I hope that your hourly rate for babysitting uh, was, it was, was a good rate. Um. It's, ha- it's hazard pay for sure. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we really appreciate it as always, and y'all have a great weekend. Great. Happy Mardi Gras. Talk to you next week. Thanks, Chris. All right. All right, guys. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. Coming up in the next hour, folks, we'll visit with Walt Leger, President and CEO of New Orleans & Company. In the back half of the hour, Cheryl Landrew, Co-Chair and Executive Director of the New Orleans Book Festival at Tulane University, and Liz Maxwell, Director of Strategic Communications and Initiatives for idea village they're joining forces this year the book fest and the new orleans entrepreneur week stay with us we'll be right back after the top of the news break this is newell on wwo this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.